0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and
1: Angus. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 94, I believe, and uh, you're with myself, Paul Spain, and with myself, Brett Roberts. Welcome along, Brett. Uh, very nice to uh, to have you with us. Thanks. It's good to be here. Now, uh, as it's your uh, your first time on the uh, the Please. New Zealand Tech Podcast, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and where you, where you fit into the, uh, the technology world in New Zealand. I'm not sure I
0: fit in. Um, so currently I am the director of new technologies for a company called Pitney Bowes, based in Myringy Bay here in Auckland. I uh, run a consulting business doing business uh, strategy stuff. I spent 12 years at Microsoft New Zealand, and I guess I've been in the technology game for ooh, a long time, maybe 30 years or so. Cool. Since I was nine.
1: Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I guess technology is really is one is one of those things that uh, that really you know cuts across all areas. And uh, now th- I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your your opinions on uh, on some of the the, the topics that we uh, we dive into tonight. That'd be fun. Uh, there there really is a, a, a whole bunch going on at the moment, so uh, we will uh, we'll jump in and, and and see what we can get through. Now, uh, first up, we, we were just chatting a few minutes ago around a um, some research that's just come out uh, locally around uh, social networking in New Zealand. Now, some quite uh, some quite interesting numbers there around the uh, the usage of the various uh, social networks here uh, in New Zealand. So, this uh, this research came from uh, Roy Morgan, who, who've just done a, uh, a survey, and what we heard is that um, uh, I think this is based on um, those in New Zealand aged. Uh, 14 plus and what we found is uh, or what they found was an average of um, 56% uh, of of people um, are using uh, Facebook uh, 39% using uh, YouTube Uh, LinkedIn comes in there at uh, 7% so does Google Plus at 7% which actually beats Twitter which comes in at 6% with a margin of error of <laughs> of whatever it, of whatever it is, yeah, ten percent. Uh, um, so, I mean, interesting to see how how these things have uh, you know ha- have been uh, you know growing over the over the last uh, uh, twelve months. Um, understand that uh, Twitter's growth has been thirty one uh, percent from uh, from last year. Um, But yeah, quite um, quite fascinating that Google Plus is uh, is in in this survey is uh, is ahead of Twitter. What are your thoughts on this? You're quite a big Twitter user, but uh, you
0: don't use Google Plus at all. I've got an account and I've I've toyed with it, um, but it's not something that's ever dragged me back. Whereas Twitter, um, I don't know, just seems to be have a lot more connectivity uh, for me personally. The the thing that's interesting with Google Plus, I guess, is that Google has such a big presence in everyone's online world. So. they sh- surely they could get it right at some stage they've got this opportunity to just keep iterating until they hit that sweet spot and um, as I was saying to you earlier you know if ever there was an organization that could do some absolutely incredible a B testing um, for a social media presence of some sort surely it's got to be Google so um, it, it's important to them you know the the Facebook are absolutely running away with it and, and I could imagine that's causing the senior executives at Google to have kittens that's not the sort of thing that they really want to see happening so I would imagine there's a huge amount of time and money going into reversing that and as I said you know there's no one I suspect better place to actually dial that back than, than Google but I bet you the margin of error on the survey is pretty spectacular
1: Yeah yeah exactly I, I think um, you know it would be interesting to look at other surveys ar- around the world on this one I mean we, we do know that uh, Google uh, have been incentivizing their staff based on the success of their, uh, uh, their well based on their their success in the social media world so they are very very um, you know committed to being uh, as successful Successful as they can with this one. And you know I remember being in a number of conferences over the last sort of 12 months or so that are you know social media related and and when um, when Google+ was was mentioned in most cases there was always a bit of laughter from uh, <laughs> you know from the audience of laughter yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know we, we're now st- we're now starting to see that the the, the, um, the picture changing a little bit and I think you know th- this is uh, you know it's quite fascinating because we've heard about you know some of Google's and and we've watched some of Google Google's previous attempts in the social, uh, you know, media media space, um, you know, and and there have been quite a number, you know, over over the last few years, uh, but you know, this is one that just seems to be gaining traction, and it's really becoming a core part of of what Google are doing online. Everything ties into it. Um, they've got some unique features with uh, with their Hangouts, for instance. Uh, and um, what I'm personally seeing is that when I put something up on Google+, uh, it's getting a little bit more attention than some of the other networks, even though I'm not really connected with a whole lot of people on uh, on Google+, at this stage. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite fascinated. In fact, we, we were talking numbers earlier, and, I, and if I remember correctly, the number of... Um, uh, people I'm connected with on on Google Plus is is you know well under a hundred, uh, but I'll sometimes see more of a response uh, to something I put on there uh, than I than I will on for instance you know Twitter which, which is you know w- you know ten to twenty times the uh, uh, the
0: audience. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, never underestimate the power of a, of an organisation, a large corporate that has incredibly deep pockets. Um, you know, is fighting a um, a strategically critical battle um, and has a vision for the future right and that's google i like that and um they they will no doubt be willing to throw as much money at this as it takes i guess it's also a battle of the sign-ons right you know they want people to sign into google not just hit the search site and search something up and disappear they want you to sign in and and the minute you do it makes it a hell of a lot stickier they can start to present stuff to you um that you would see because you're signed in that you wouldn't normally if you if you weren't um, and as I said, you know, they, they will just keep iterating and iterating and until they start finding out what, what works. And, you know, there's a billion people, I think, now on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I know people who are starting to leave Facebook. You know, they've been through it. It's been interesting. They're on to the next thing or just bored with it. Um, a lot of people will switch and change. And I think anyone in, in the tech world who uh, looks at what's going on in any space, whether it's cell phones or you know operating systems or anything um social media um um, sites and thinks that it's game over for someone um is really um not calling it accurately you know everything changes and everything will change so we'll sit here in five years time and laugh about how google plus overtook facebook and you know whatever it might be who knows but you know Everything's up for grabs. It's always up for grabs.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and it's and it's, it's interesting too because I, I remember you know going back um uh, maybe maybe a, you know a couple of years or so, and uh, and thinking oh this Facebook thing it's going to be another phase it's going to be <laughs> you know um, yeah here's a day gone tomorrow sort of thing but it's actually stuck around for a very long time and it's yeah. and it's really uh, you know had um you know it's really really cut through and and reached a really big audience so uh, I think. Google have still got their work cut out for them. There is a big audience that isn't on Google Plus yet, uh, but it's certainly a completely different picture than what we were looking at sort of six to nine months ago yeah. in, in, in terms of where it's at. So.
0: I, I think there's another really important thing too, which is I think people often make that mistake of um, thinking that once something's arrived, let's say Facebook, that's it, it's game over for everybody else that is social media it's done and and you know history shows in the technology world there's always something new that'll come along in fact history shows in any realm that there's always something new that will come along and and absolutely sure as eggs there will be something that comes along and drags a billion people to it you know in the next five years whether it's you know instagram or google or whoever it might be there will be something and and google wants to be that something absolutely you know Mm. and after that there'll be another one Yeah, you know, it's just it's the cycle of it. That's what makes it so interesting, and that's why pundits like us get to sit here and waffle on endlessly about our thoughts about what might happen. You know, imagine if everything just stopped and became static one day.
1: Uh, That'd be way too
0: boring, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, hey, one of the things that's going on uh, that that's got some real local relevance is what um, what Alan Gibbs has been up to uh, with his amphibious uh, vehicles. Now. You've been watching this. We've all been watching it sort of for a while. Um, there's some pretty big uh, numbers of investment going in yeah. here with these uh, these vehicles that can, uh, you know, go
0: from uh, from land and into the water and away they go, right? Yeah, two. I understand 200 million dollars. I'm not sure if that's US or New Zealand. When you get to that sort of money, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, but the end result's incredible, and it looks like um, they've done a huge amount of work wrapping that up. Um, patenting things and a lot of I would imagine trade secret stuff going on so that they can actually make some money out of the product and the first thing I saw when I saw the video clip on TV the other night is that I want two of them I need the second one for when I wear the first one out I mean you know I would go and buy something like that Um, incredible you know piece of kit um, that's just opened up a brand new market that just simply didn't exist anywhere at all before you know and that's incredibly visionary you got to admire someone that kind of wakes up one morning and goes i'm going to build this thing and then invest you know years of their life and hundreds of millions of dollars of probably someone else's money um, into doing so you know awesome
1: so what is it that's unique about uh, you know about what what we what we're seeing here compared to i guess uh, you know, in, in years gone by uh, you know, war times and so on there have been various sort of forms of amphibious vehicles yep. that could go on on, on land and water.
0: Uh, what are the unique things that sort of have stood out to if, uh, you? Know, to you? I, I think there's a couple of things and also don't forget there was um, there's the Sea Leagues guys here in New Zealand so David McKee Wright's company and um, you know The guy behind PC Direct, Morris, uh, Morris Braham, that, that mm. fired that up. Mm. They put a lot of years and dollars into that as well and, and I think are starting to achieve that you know, success now. But takes a long time to, to um, get out of the red with those sorts of businesses. But I was down at um, Westmere uh, Beach a couple of years ago and, and saw someone drive one of those things off their backyard and into the water. You know? so, so they're real, they exist, people do buy them. Um, I think the thing that's going to make you know, this successful, I suspect, in the long run is um, I could see a number of uh, use, usage scenarios for it, not, not just for recreation, but for, you know, you can imagine law enforcement and a whole bunch of other things that it just ch- kind of changes the game in. So I think um, just that ability to jump on something without, I would imagine, vast amounts of training hearf down the beach and then zoom into the water without having to reconfigure something or you know remember to put two bungs in the back of it or whatever it might be um that it just blurs that line between you know you're on the land you're on, on the sea of course a whole bunch of people will drown on them absolutely for, you know for the first few years until people realize you probably need to wear a life jacket and do all those other safety related things but just the thing that intrigued me is um until i saw it on television i'd I'd never even thought it was not something i'd looked at and gone you know i wish someone would invent something like a quad bike that would go in the water and when i saw it i thought why hasn't someone already invented a quad bike that goes in the water you know just it's amazing you know a little bit of vision goes a long long way yeah i mean it looks really really
1: cool doesn't it um i can't remember what the numbers were do you know what these are going to what these are going to cost no i remember thinking i won't be buying one immediately (laughs) Uh, but but it is it is a gr- it is a great idea and they look really cool. Um, we will try and add uh, add the video in onto the uh, onto the podcast notes up at nztechpodcast com. So if you haven't seen that, uh, jump in and uh, jump in and have a look um, after after you've uh, listened through. Uh, now, in other local news, we've heard that um, there's been a bit of a delay around uh, this decision on the. Um, uh, the acquisition of Telstra Clear uh, by by Vodafone that's with the Commerce Commission at the moment. Does it surprise you that uh, it's, it''s it's taking a little while for them to, uh, uh, to to work through the
0: technicalities and decide whether this is something that should be allowed or not. I can't begin to imagine where you would start looking at an acquisition like that from the Comcoms perspective and try and work out is it a good thing or a bad thing? you know that's just so complicated. There are so many implications. If you start to kind of war game things out, you know, where things could go, um, you know, I, I would imagine you could quite strongly argue both sides of the case quite passionately and quite accurately in a fa- on a facts-based basis. You know, I'm sure, you know, 2 ends. Uh, Paul Brison has has a viewpoint. I'm sure, you know, other um, parties out there have, have a viewpoint as well, and they could be completely at odds and still back their, their stances up with with good information, so I, I don't know. And, and I guess the other interesting thing is, um, you know, the Commerce Commission, I suspect, would have to bring subject matter experts in as well. I'm not sure that the Commerce Commission would actually have in-house people that specialise in that type of thing. It's such a complex industry, so I don't know. It could take forever. Do you, you think know? there's much chance that this thing won't go ahead? Gee, I don't know. I mean, no, I bet you it does go ahead. But yeah, that, maybe, that I I don't know, maybe they wrap some caveats around it or... You know, a little bit of fine tuning here or whatever it might be, but certainly it was never going to be an immediate rubber stamp. Um, but I'm sure at some stage the stamp will fall.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I think the same. Now, um, talking about uh, uh, telcos and um, and and so on. Um, we have another uh, NZ Tech podcast uh, video that's going to be coming online over the next few days. Uh, for those that haven't caught it, uh, last week we put up uh, a little bit of a sneak peek at uh, some of the new Windows 8 and Windows RT uh, devices from uh, from Samsung. Uh, so if you haven't caught those, uh, jump on to uh, the NZ podcast site and uh, uh, and you'll you'll find that um, or on our channel on uh, YouTube, which um, we we uh, would love you to uh, subscribe to, which is. Um, youtube.com slash global voice media are where our uh, videos are uh, but um, yeah this new video we uh, we compare uh, Vodafone uh, 2 degrees and telecom in the uh, the performance of their mobile network so we take an iPhone 5 out on the road and uh, just have a look and, and, and see how they do so um, I won't spoil the surprise we'll, uh, we'll have the results of that uh, once the video is uh, out um, but uh, yeah I, I think yeah um, uh people will be interested to see how their carrier does and uh uh obviously these are these are moving targets because the, the you know the uh the networks are are investing millions of dollars you know every year well tens and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars in it, in a year uh to to keep at the uh the leading edge so it's interesting to uh actually see how they go in, in real world tests rather than just the uh, theoretical uh, maximum speeds they can
0: deliver. I can hear the injunctions being written as we speak. <laughs> oh, let's hope not <laughs> um now uh we haven't sort of talked too
1: too much recently around uh around outages because there are always outages going on in the online world or with one i s p or another um and uh you yeah, know we've had we've had uh Uh, Who was it? I think it was Core Plus that uh, that had one uh, last week with uh, with their network. Um, But there was uh, Amazon's cloud had a major uh, major hit um, just just in the last uh, day or so, which took out a whole bunch of uh, uh, websites uh, and and services. uh, Reddit, uh, Flipboard, which I know a lot of our listeners uh, like like to use on their uh, iPads and, and iPhones and Androids and so on, um, Airbnb, which is a site that I've uh, I've used. Uh, all of these guys got uh, got knocked offline by uh, uh, by Amazon's uh, outage. Now this is quite an interesting one because we we're really uh, in a in a world where um, uh, we we really rely on these services now, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a challenge when there's a when there's one provider that can have such a broad uh, broad impact. I mean, Is this something we're going to see
0: see more of? Well, I think it's a huge challenge when Reddit goes down. I mean, that's a really bad day, right? It's a complete Reddit addict. It's <laughs> a serious thing. Um, I mean, it's eggs and baskets, right? And and um, there are so many links in the chain um, where things can go wrong. Um, absolutely, we're going to see these things, and you know, I'm not saying that they'll be common, but they won't be un, unheard of. Um, you know, data centers these days are. Um, to use the terminology a, a Microsoft colleague of mine once used uh, are now near sentient beings you know um, the latest um, data centre that Microsoft have opened in Ireland I remember him telling me employs something like um, I hope this isn't breaking confidence 50 people mm-hmm. there's no one in it and, and that includes the cleaners and the security people um, you know they're remotely managed they manage themselves um, so you know when things um don't go wrong they don't go wrong in a beautiful way for a very long period of time mm. but when they mm. do go wrong it's spectacular and it, it's one of those things i think you know they just these things will happen i think you'll find some of those you know airbnbs and reddits and some of those guys will start to look at um you know redundant systems that kind of make sense i think microsoft's play with azure is quite smart with regard to um not just being a sole microsoft platform. Um, and I think over time as standards emerge around those things where, where they don't really exist at the moment you know, the ability to move data between them relatively quickly or fire up an in, you know, in Azure instance of Reddit when the you know, Amazon EC2 instance or it was a storage I think today falls over th- those things I'm sure will get smarter and better and whatever over time but until then you know, I'm sure we'll see occasional outages and me weeping tears of blood when Reddit goes down
1: yeah okay well we'll uh, we'll hope it's not that in future but no, it's you terrible know, uh you know i I guess yeah, there are so many things that we we rely on and you know as we look at uh, uh the way business operates in new zealand we we're starting to rely more and more on cloud services and I think of things like uh uh you know zero which which you know sits you know hosted up in the u s uh you know a lot of people's sort of core business applications that they need to be running for their business to operate. Uh, are, are on hosted or, or cloud-based systems and yeah, when those things go down it can
0: uh, it can cause all sorts of problems and have some pretty major uh, major impact. Yeah, it's interesting, the whole data centre thing is quite fascinating. I um, was involved in doing a study last year around New Zealand's data centre capacity and capability and there's a lot of people think, you know, for various reasons that, you know, um, New Zealand will be a great place for Google and Microsoft and Amazon to locate a data centre. The bad news is, no, it's not. Um, But over time, what you might see happening with those guys is given that data centres are now all containerised, they're easy to transport, they're easy to set up, there's three connectors, you know, power, cooling and ethernet, um, that they might dot, you know, subsets of what they're, you know, able to offer in country either as a backup or as, you know, to reduce latency or whatever it might be. So I think whilst that whole um, concept of massive um, data centres dotted into a very small number of locations around the world will continue there's only a finite number of those will ever go in and i think you will find that they'll fill in the gaps uh, over time you know be it for redundancy purposes i mean what happens if someone accidentally unplugs the southern cross cable you know or trips over it and unplugs it you know so um you know what happens to a little old in new zealand there's been a lot of examples particularly in asia uh with ships dragging anchors and picking up fiber optic cables breaking them and i think um gee, was it Singapore or one of the countries up there for a little while was off the air when someone did exactly that, you know. So there are numerous links in the chain and I think if it's not a data centre breaking it'll be someone dragging a a fibre optic cable or whatever it might be. Hook it on their anchor, the yeah. Cl- the yeah, cleaner unplugging the, the, the server and plugging the vacuum cleaner in, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. it might be. Well, all of those things are possible, right? Yeah. And,
1: uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we do end up having a really big outage that Im- impacts New Zealand, I guess we'll we'll, we'll... we'll have a look at it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah right. We'll think yeah. a bit more about it, yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, not to Reddit anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, talking about gadgets, and we love to chit-chat about gadgets on... Uh, on the podcast here, uh, one that that um, that I came across in the in the last uh, few days is this new uh, GoPro uh, video camera, and uh, I mean the Go GoPro have been you know really really awesome with um, uh, some of their cameras, and this uh, this latest one, the uh, GoPro Hero Three, uh, talks about delivering. Um, A 4K resolution uh, video quality uh, in a $400 uh, US camera. Uh, Now, you know, we. We've talked about 4K or um, uh, what is it? Ultra high definition. I think is the uh, is the term that the industry's just just adopted uh, in the last week or two uh, for this sort of next next level up, which uh, the, you know the, the virtually no uh, TVs. I think Sony have just uh, just in the process of launching one here, but yeah, other than that, there's, there's nothing that uh, makes use of it. But here we've got a, um, a fairly low cost camera that can
0: shoot in this uh, ultra high uh, high definition. That's yeah, pretty cool stuff. They're amazing guys, at GoPro guys. Um, I talked, I've got a uh, friend who um, knows one of the senior execs there, and we were talking to him on the phone uh, a year or so back, and the biggest problem they were facing at the time was they physically couldn't manufacture cameras fast enough. They, they were selling, they'd been picked up by a couple, of, I think, the big um, kind of um, bike magazines and other mm-hmm. things. Um, they a lot of their content had started to appear on, on YouTube and all of a sudden sales just went through the roof you know so they're extremely innovative they were going to do a 3D camera I don't know if they've done that they're going to be able to buy two cameras mount them in a case and shoot 3D which cool. I thought was an incredible yeah. thing that was what they're talking about a year or so back um, and well, it doesn't it, surprise me these guys coming to market you know the way they are I mean you know, manufacturing costs coming down all the time and they can they've obviously really latched on to that iterative innovation thing and they're all I would imagine they're Product development guys don't get a lot of sleep, and they're always just developing the next thing out, you know.
1: Well, and they get so much coverage from their association with sort of the extreme yeah. sports, and you know, uh, you know whether whether it's you know people putting them on their their bikes or. Um you know that uh, space jump uh, last week from uh, yeah. uh, Felix Baumgartner, who who was you know wearing uh, some of them. You know there's just some incredible content that they're being yeah. uh, you know utilized uh, to uh, to generate. So
0: you know, you can understand uh, why there's such a demand for the product. Rus- Russian car dashboard cams. Go and have a look at some of that video. I mean, it's just incredible. You know, it's just it's it's easy to take the video. It's easy to put it somewhere for people to look at you know just that explosion and content is just incredible you know and look at these guys they're just you know right at the leading edge of it 400 bucks is just incredible you know f- five years ago i had said to you there'll be a camera available that's the size of a you know cigarette packet it'll be waterproof it'll take video of this resolution oh, and it'll be 400 bucks you would have figured i'd left two zeros off the price right
1: yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I think one of the things that it uh, that highlights is that um, there is room for new players in the technology space. There is always room for new players in this space, and uh, you know, you know, I think we need to remind ourselves as, as Kiwis sometimes there are great ideas that come out of New Zealand, but you know, often don't really get anywhere. Um, But hey, there are are opportunities with with innovative inventions to get out there uh, and to do extremely well on a global basis because this
0: is a company that we hadn't heard of you know, 18 months or so ago, right? Um, Yeah, look, New Zealand's really interesting. It took me a long time to work out, particularly until I started, um, you know, working around in the startup field um, and with um, tech entrepreneurs. There's almost an infinite amount of ideas out there. Ideas are almost now an infinite commodity. Um, the trick is commercialization. And in fact, New Zealand's always been a nation, a great ideas nation. Where we let ourselves down or where we could step up a hell of a lot further than we have so far is that commercialization side of things. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, just um, th- that's where the skills are lacking. So anyone can come up with a great idea in their backyard, but, you know, assembling a team of people to take it to market, particularly to the world you know we're in a global marketplace these days is really really hard in a little country like New Zealand you know and the, the companies that have succeeded whether they're you know I, I think Xero are a fantastic example of that and, and um, Orion Healthcare go, mm, go and have mm. a look at who's on the board of those organisations who's leading them who's invested in them smart smart people right surround themselves with really clever people you look at um, Vaughn Roussel and Vend HQ there's an organisation that's got a brilliant idea you know they've got great backers Name brand people in the organisation are going hell for leather to be a worldwide company from day one, not a not a Kiwi company, you know. So, Kiwi companies can absolutely do it, you know. But it's that commercialisation piece that's really darn hard.
1: Yeah, well, it's good. It's good to have those examples now, and and you know, we we've gained a number of them in the last few years in the technology space. So, you know, I guess my hope is that um, you know that will encourage others to jump on board and to uh, to get that right advice around them with the right people and get out there and uh, and attack the global markets.
0: Yeah, I think the most valuable thing or piece of advice I could give anyone kind of playing in that technology startup space these days is um being global from day one. I think that's the crucial thing. The um there's a great startup called Transcribe Me that um won um startup week here in Auckland back I think September last year. Uh, when they did their first kind of cut of their business plan, their P and L, there was no line in it for New Zealand. They were always going to be, literally from the get go, uh, an international company, and they they are. You know, they're commuting back and forth between here and San Francisco, and um, you know, they started out the way they meant to go on, which is just fantastic. But that's that's the trick. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Now I, I agree on that too.
0: Um, although it can be pretty hard to pretty hard to do, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's really <laughs> hard. There's there's, you know, for every two or three successes there's 97 failures or you know near failures so it's a numbers game
1: yep um now in in other uh, other topics um apple have got a bit of an announcement happening uh well uh tomorrow in the in the u.s so uh, we're not not too many hours off that one uh word is that we're going to be hearing about the new uh smaller ipad uh, and uh, quite possibly uh, a refresh on some of the new uh, new Macs. So we'll we'll really dive into all the details on that next week. Once uh, uh once the sort of cat's out of the bag. I mean a lot of those things have been floating around in, in the rumor mill for a little while. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll know the. The, the details and in, uh, in concrete it looks as though we haven't had quite as much information maybe leak as we have around for instance the iPhone 5 where uh, you know when that announcement was made it was really just a confirmation of everything that had been discussed in the past uh, but um, yeah I'm not sure whether we are going to have a huge amount new tomorrow or uh, or not what what's your thoughts on uh, on a new iPad mini uh, <laughs> do you think there's going to
0: be a big demand for it um, oh, I'm sure there will be I mean you know Apple could release anything and there'd be a big demand it, right they're, they're a company that who's marketing um, the way in which they market to people and connect with people particularly at an emotional level I think is head and shoulders above anyone on the planet apart from you know maybe the Nikes of this world they you know Coca-Cola perhaps I mean um, you know they connect in a way that, that people queue up outside in the cold to buy their product um, rather than go in two hours later and buy it you know um, once the store's been open a while so, so I admire them for that um, I, you know I love my iPad, I, I bought first gen iPad when they came out, love it, it kind of, um, it bores me a bit today, the, I think the um, operating system, the user experience is actually, it was innovative at the time, um, but I think it's a bit past its use by date, um, and that's a bit of a dilemma for Apple, they've got hundreds of millions of users that are used to it, and, and probably more than one or two people like me that are looking at it thinking, it's actually getting a bit tired. Um, would I go and buy a smaller version of an iPad? No um not personally but i bet a whole bunch of people will i'm sure for kids in particular Um, they'll be great devices you know Um, what I'd love to see is Apple pull something out of the hat something that no one and I love it when they do that you know I do the announcement they go when Steve Jobs used to do that oh and just one more thing you know and bang you know the world would change change really cool yeah I mean that was awesome they're really really good at that I don't think they've got that same knack anymore I think there's a few people have been playing um, catch up Android's been playing catch up Samsung's doing some amazing stuff Microsoft's about to do some I think some pretty incredible stuff so the game's changed a hell of a lot in the last two or three years but I'd love to see them pull a rabbit out of the hat, but if all they're going to do is announce some new MacBooks and you know a shrunken version of the iPad, I'll, I think I'll pass, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well I think, uh, you know, guarantee is there is a big audience that is really, really interested in this stuff and uh, you know, we, we've got people using iPads in all sorts of situations now uh, whether it's, you know, students being mandated that they have to use one at school, uh, whether it's being used as a uh, as a device to control the, the environment in, in, in your, your home, uh, you know, there, there are so many ways to use these things and yeah, I think that they've built up um, such a large sort of lead and terms of market share, uh, that um, you know, I think yeah, there, there will be uh, there'll be some pretty good uh, uh, return on uh, on Apple selling these. Uh, whether it's going to mean they're going to miss out on maybe some of the sales on the uh, you know traditional iPads, uh, I guess there's a potential for yeah. that. But uh, I think a- Apple has to play across the various uh, you know the various spaces, and uh, you know having the iPhone. Uh, the various you know, iPods, including the iPod Touch, and then uh, you know, two different sizes of iPad, I yeah. think uh, yeah, m- makes a lot of sense for them.
0: There, there's a few interesting kind of things at a strategic level um, that are interesting here. So one is, once upon a time, Apple led the way, so they would do something everyone had to follow. Right now, Apple's having to do a little bit of a dance and follow what some of the Android vendors are doing. Slightly smaller you know, form factor seems to be selling, better drop a product in that space. So, So that's quite interesting. Um, But the thing that that Apple did with the iPad that I think some people kind of lose sight of is they um, removed people thinking about a device as being a computer. Uh, An iPad is a piece of glass that does some amazing stuff. It's so small, how on earth could you fit a computer in it, right? And that's, that's what, it's removed the fear factor. So, you know, I showed my iPad to my mother. She's in her mid-seventies. She, you know, once I showed her that you just tap something, something happens, you could do this. You know, it's a 30-second instruction session, you know. Kids, three-year-old kids pick these things up and intuitively, without being shown anything on them, work out how to do things with them. You know, there's that app where you can get your cats to chase the mice, right? You can, there's an app for cats on an iPad they you know there's no computer involved really yep there's one embedded in there somewhere but everyone forgets about it. it's just about the experience on the glass and i think that was the truly innovative thing that that apple did you know gates demonstrated a tablet years and years before jobs strolled on stage with the ipad and did it but you know gates's tablet was an inch and a half thick you know it was a toshiba it had a stylus. you knew it was a computer whereas with the ipad actually you're just like picking up a you know a cool piece of glass and doing something with it and so you know that that's innovation. When someone does something like that, it's true innovation.
1: So Microsoft are uh, working very hard to, uh, I guess, get themselves back in the uh, in the game. They've certainly been losing, uh, you know, losing some uh mind share as as well as probably market you know market share in a number of spaces over the last uh, last few years uh this week is the big is the big uh launch with Windows 8 uh, windows rt uh, we're seeing uh you know devices from you know most of the pc uh, manufacturers that are going to be tablets they're they're aiming to really take on the ipad uh Microsoft of course have their their surface uh tablet as well which isn't launching here in New Zealand on, on day one. We know it's launching uh, across the ditch in Australia as well as US and, you know, a number of other markets. Uh, so all the signs are there that we will see it in New Zealand. We just don't know exactly, uh, you know, what the timing of that is. What's uh, what's your, your pick? Microsoft have got, a, you know, a huge amount of uh, uh, money to throw into, uh, into competing. They have a history of coming from behind, uh, in you know, in a number of areas, and uh, and doing all the right things to get themselves back into a sort of a pole position. Uh, do you think that they can uh, they can do that in the tablet space? Just considering how strong Apple Apple is in that in that space and how much market share they have. What you were talking about before in terms of how their brand and and how they're perceived. There's that uh, emotional connection that people have with the Apple mm-hmm. products. As uh, Microsoft a brand that can uh, that can sort of you know dig deep enough and uh, um, you know I guess uh, you know. Come come up with the the, the goods and uh, and actually deliver that sort of emotional connection that um, that maybe you
0: know Apple does. I mean, it's a really interesting time for Microsoft. Right, this is a watershed moment for them in, in much the same way that that you know Bill Bill Gates's memo 1995 was it about the internet but this internet thing's going to be kind of big. Um, it, I think it's that that bigger um, fork in the road for, for Microsoft. I, you know. Um, if ever there was a company that's beset with issues, or has been beset with issues internally, getting amazing innovations to market, they would be it. I mean, I lived in that business for 12 years. There was stuff that I saw in that business that was just incredible that never made it to market. That got, you know, killed by some other product, or the the warring that went on between the product groups that 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 hinders it. Um, used to frustrate the heck out of me at times. And I'm sure the same stuff goes on at Apple. But, you know, absolutely, but. I think there's a few interesting things in play here. So the first one is, as I was saying earlier about Google, never underestimate the capabilities of a very determined, strategically focused, visionary organisation with very, very deep pockets, right? And and that's Microsoft. And they have come from behind a zillion times, you know? Um, So, you know, they they will invest and throw money at this to make it work. The Surface is a very interesting play for them, right? There's a couple of things there. So one is, um, technologically, it looks like a great device. There's some very... Smart manufacturing went into it. They kept it under wraps for like two or three years. Now, that's completely un-Microsoft-like. They did an amazing job of that. I've heard all sorts of apocryphal stories from um, former colleagues at Microsoft um, discovering that people that they, you know, friends of theirs at Microsoft had been working on this thing for a couple of years and had never said a word. They had no idea what they were working on. Um, but what's really amazing with this is that this is the first time Microsoft's come to market with what's effectively a PC, <laughs> excuse me, um, which... Um, is an absolute poke in the eye, a deliberate and a very measured and clever poke in the eye to their OEM partners. And and if if you think about where Microsoft must be, if you're Steve Barmer, it must be very frustrating at times churning at something like, let's say, Windows 7. It's a pretty darn good operating system. It does a good job. It's as reliable as heck. Um, They've sold, you know... Most popular version of Windows ever, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but then some of the hardware that it gets loaded onto is, is pretty uh, ugly uh, or bogged down with, you know, craplets and all the other bits and pieces. That must be really frustrating when you're building a product, but by the time it lands in the customer's hand, it's been crippled, hampered, you know, you know. Um, made worse than it, than it should be. And I think this whole thing with Surface sends a really, really clear signal to to um, those OEMs, and I'm sure they're taking it on board, which is, if you're not going to do this right, we'll do this right. And, and you know, a few years ago, people would have laughed at Microsoft as being a, a, a hardware manufacturer, taking mice and, and, and keyboards out of it. No one's laughing at Xbox anymore, right? Now, that was the thing that hemorrhaged red ink for years and years and years, and now it's beating the heck out of every other player out there it's a fantastic piece of hardware that actually hasn't iterated a heck of a lot it's the same piece of hardware that you bought two or three years ago on right? xbox 360. yep they know small, small That's updates it. Yeah. yeah they know how to do hardware now and i would imagine if i was the chief exec of Acer or lenovo or whatever i'd be paying quite close attention to what microsoft are doing and the signals that they're sending and i'm sure steve b's on the phone to them having quiet counseling conversations about what he expects of them as well so this i think this whole windows 8 launch surface launch uh, not, I think it is a watershed moment for Microsoft. Um, and even, all you got to do is look at the marketing, the advertising, they start to do around the Surface. That's not Microsoft. I mean, you could rip the Microsoft logo off that and whack Apple on that, and people would probably accept it. Do you know what I mean? They're really, they're, they're getting away from feeds and speeds. They're trying to connect with people emotionally. They're trying to have a, a sense of humour, an image, uh, a presence that's not traditional Microsoft and you know given that this is a company that came from consumer space into the enterprise space and now wants to be big again in the consumer space um, I wouldn't write them off you know will they pull it off I I suspect so won't give you 100% assertion but I certainly wouldn't write them off you know that's a smart company they do some pretty clever things and whilst they do screw up um, when they screw up they recognize it and they go on and fix those things up so again you know Nothing's ever set in stone in this industry, and everything's always you know, in play. Will they dial back Apple's dominance in, the, in that space? I, I really have no idea, but I think they'll, they'll ship a bunch of Surface devices. I think Windows 8, people will get used to it. They got used to the ribbon in Office. You know, I can't remember how many tetchy phone calls I had from people. That was the, the one thing in my time at Microsoft that caused more angry phone calls than any other thing. The ribbon in office so people got over that they'll get over the changes of windows 8 they'll learn to love it they'll start buying devices with touch screens on them and and i think things will change a lot
1: good well we're going to watch this space pretty closely we've already looked at a lot of those devices and mentioned earlier you know we we did that uh, video up that went online uh, last week Uh, one thing we are uh, looking at doing we haven't finalized the details uh, but we may well be providing some coverage of the uh, the windows 8 uh, launch event here in new zealand uh, I guess that's one of the, the benefits of Microsoft's scale here, uh, is they do hold local launch events, which we don't really see from, uh, you know, we don't we don't see that sort of thing from the likes of Apple and and, and Google and so on, uh, you know, too much in terms of local because they, you know, quite frankly, they don't have much of a presence. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll look at and see what coverage we can provide at that that uh, that takes place here in uh, New Zealand on uh, on Friday morning, uh, and we'll see uh, Windows 8, I think. Um, the word is will be available from sort of midnight, so uh, okay. uh, so we'll be the first first country in the world to uh, to to get sort of hands on. I guess that
0: retail, uh, uh, the you know the retail copies of Windows eight. But one of that just as an aside one of the other interesting things around Windows eight, or particularly the um, Surface devices, is um, I mean there's been a massive uptake of those things within um, enterprise organisations, right? Which I would imagine gives Steve with the heebie-jeebies. You know they are an enterprise player. They probably used to view Apple as being a consumer player and Never the twain shall meet. There'll be times where they compete with various bits and pieces, but they had their own domains worked out. And these Steve Jobs kind of went and changed that either deliberately or accidentally. Um, it will, given that you know iPads don't you know aren't necessarily the most manageable devices in an enterprise. They don't necessarily have the best track record when it comes to security and privacy around email and some other bits and pieces. It will be interesting to see if and how enterprises adopt the um, Surface devices as a replacement for. Potentially for, for iPads. I think that will be a really interesting thing to watch. If they nail that, I think the world could change quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see, yeah, just uh, just how well adopted they are. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess both camps, the business side and, and the consumer side, and they are very, very different uh, spaces, but they are starting to converge yeah. now. And, you know, we see so many businesses that are, uh, you know, th- th- very open to there being, uh, you know, consumer devices being used within the business, and all in all sorts of uh, forms, from allowing our staff to bring their own uh, technology into the business, uh, to you know, to to businesses that are that are obviously providing, uh, you know, consumer technologies to their to their people.
0: Well, there's there's in, in the history of um, the kind of technology, there's been two really classic examples of um, consumer technology making its way into the enterprise, and the first one was Windows ninety five when um, you know, Microsoft did a pretty amazing job with that OS way back way back when and um, users, home users went, went in and started knocking on the door of their CIOs and asking why they couldn't have this operating system at work and so that consumer push really drove Windows 95 into the enterprise and, and I would argue the second really big example of that is the iPad, exactly the same thing you know, thanks for your input I know I can't bring my own device but I'm going to anyway and what are you going to do about it and that's I think the iPad drove the BYOD bring your own device phenomena. You know, so it'll be interesting to see if Microsoft can leverage it you know, off the same thing. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But I think what might happen here is that the IT departments might start to see these devices as being something that they find a bit more manageable, something that could be bolted into a domain, for example, or whatever, versus you know, a device that they'll tolerate but not necessarily love, or you know, um, I think that might be a big difference in the enterprise space
1: yeah well i think that would def- definitely uh there's some more business friendly uh you know features around the microsoft uh um, you know tablet play uh, i guess the, the the real big uh unknown is is just yeah how much are, are microsoft going to win the sort of hearts and minds of the general consumer with with these uh, tablets, you know, versus, for instance, the, the iPad, yeah. uh, and and some of the other tablets that we're seeing in the market from, uh, uh, you know, Google and so on. Um, so, well, I think there's some there's certainly some interesting products coming through. So uh, it's you know Microsoft has certainly got the opportunity. So. Uh, We'll be watching that over the uh, over the coming weeks. I guess it's going to probably take some some time till we really see some results. I saw some interesting numbers actually around uh, Windows XP when we talk about you know people being um, uh, you know a bit scared of some of the new features and the and the and the change. You, you talked about uh, you know the changes with Office and, and people being freaked out by that ribbon for a period of time after it came out. Um, there was a there was a lot of feedback when Windows XP came onto the market, and, and people didn't really like it, and they, you know they they thought it was oh, you know it was just it didn't didn't look quite you know like what they were used to, uh, and after twelve months, only ten percent of Windows users had actually adopted this new operating system. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we certainly saw around Windows Seven. I mean, a, a, a pretty uh, strong adoption of that in the in the first uh, in the first twelve months. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how Windows Eight goes on that uh, that adoption front. Do uh, you have any pick on that? Look, it's hard to,
0: the you know the latest version of of a Windows operating system. The latest version of any operating system is always better than the than the one prior. And you know, I used to have these arguments with. Guys in the open source community about you know how badly version X Y Z of Windows sucked, and I'd ask them to drag back you know their version of Linux from back in the same era, and, and guess what? That probably wasn't all that fantastic either by comparison. You know these things are always improving all all the time. Um, I mean, it's one of the hard things for Microsoft. You know, as the product gets better and better, there's probably less and less reasons to to change, and I think that's I, I would suspect that's one of the reasons behind the radically different. User experience that Windows 8 presents, right? It, it obviously, touch devices coming to market and on mass is, is a big driver as well. But so they had to change the way the the whole thing worked and looked. But. Um, you know they need to they need to change it absolutely it's always really really hard there's always there's some interesting things happen around new versions of windows shipping the first thing is six months out people stop buying pcs because they know there's a new version of windows shipping Um, over the years that's got even worse as the internet's come along and every man and his dog was aware of the fact that new versions are coming out so that's what drives the tech guarantee programs Um, and they, they i think they seem to work quite well to stop people you know not not buying um you know will, what will the adoption look like I, I really don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if it kind of reflects what windows 7 um, looked like and talking about windows xp is interesting i vividly remember the day that windows xp launched i was driving here in auckland getting onto the motorway at the constellation road uh, constellation drive on ramp heading uh, into the city and my phone cell phone rang and was back when it was okay to answer your cell phone uh, while driving and this guy who i'd never heard of before somehow the receptionist at work had put him through to me said, I want to talk to you about Windows XP. And I thought, oh, God, here it starts now. You know, here's here's the first complaint. And this guy, completely out of the blue, just said to me, I've just installed my computer. It's wonderful. I wish this thing was out before. It's just incredible. Thank you very much. And I, I said something like, oh, that, uh, thanks for that. And he hung up. And, yeah. and um, wow, you know, it's just... Um, he might have rang up a few years later and complained about the office ribbon. I'm not sure, but... Um, it'll be interesting to uh, you know I think to see just how this plays out it's such a radical radically different um user experience for 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 customers um but I think far more intuitive in a lot of ways you know clicking a start button to stop your computer um there's some funny things in windows that have always been there I think um while it's completely different I think it's a hell of a lot more intuitive and, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if kids start to pick up on it a lot quicker you know and um touch will be on every device within a couple of years you know so um yeah we'll wait and see
1: yeah well and i think yeah these new user interfaces are uh you know they call them you know NUI or natural user yeah. interface and they, they really are that way you know i've seen it with uh, with my little boy who you know he uh he only knows a few words but uh when he when he gets a a, a touchscreen device in his hands uh you know he, he knows he knows what to do with it you know he knows how to unlock the screen on uh on a phone you know all of these bits and pieces he knows how to you know dive into apps and so on. Um, and, yeah, it's it's quite quite incredible how far the, the, the technology has sort of uh, come um, towards, I guess, come towards the user yeah. uh, from, you know, where it wasn't that many years ago, uh, all these sort of commands and so on that we had to type to be able to do anything,
0: and you really had to be trained up and to know a system uh, to be able to achieve much. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess the person I'd hate to be is the one that authors those for dummies books, you know, because I think, you know, <laughs> once upon a time, they were inches thick, and I'm, I'm not sure I've ever read a, a instruction manual for an iPad or a, an iPhone, or and I suspect the same will go for Windows 8. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely uh, definitely going that way. Um, there is uh, some blog posts we're putting up uh, around uh, Windows 8 and just some of the things around how to use it, because you know the hardest bit really is those that first sort of you know five minutes or or, or half an hour uh, was something new. And if you, I guess, if you don't get the help on uh, on just what the tricks are, then that can stretch out for some people uh, for a little while and really frustrate them. So uh, we're compiling together just some of those few things you need to know. Once you know those things, uh, you can quickly, uh, you know, master the new system. And you know, the, I guess it was the same when Office uh, 2007 came out. There were some uh, some little techniques which, uh, if you if you utilise them, would uh, uh, would help you, you know, not uh, not get really frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we'll put
0: some of those things uh, on online as well. Just, uh, just, just one last point on that. I mean, that's, that's that classic innovators' dilemma, right? Once you build up this massive user base of something—Windows users, Office users, iPad users, iPhone users—it's really hard to make that hard decision to change that user experience because you you inherently annoy, in fact, instantaneously everyone. Um, you know, most people would get over it fairly quickly. But that's a very ballsy call. It doesn't matter who's who's doing it. That's a, that's a big call, you know. And um, I would imagine, you know, lots of, you know, blood, sweat and tears went into that for Microsoft the same way it, it will have to for Apple. You know, I think um, I've said on Twitter and I've talked to a few people of late, iOS is getting pretty tired. It's, it's, it was incredibly innovative in its day when it first came out. But, you know, the Windows, the new Windows phone um user experience i think is superior just look and feel wise to to ios um and other things will come along that are are superior as well apple will have to do a 90 degree bend in the road at some stage Um, it'll be interesting to see when they do that when when they do that i think that'll, that'll be really interesting you know that will signal that apple see some competition coming from elsewhere um you know whereas at the moment they kind of lead the charge but you know with a pretty tired looking operating system
1: yeah I guess we, you know we've even seen uh, Blackberry with the um, uh, with the blackberry 10 operating system that's sort of been uh, started to be uh, you know shown around recently yeah. and they you know um, you know these companies are really sort of uh, you know taking cues of what all the smart and cool things are yeah. to do and uh, yeah there there is a real potential there um, uh, for some, you know, some some freshness to come through from uh, from Apple in terms of the user experience. The, the
0: hardest guy to be is the one leading the charge through the jungle with a machete, right? It's much easier to follow one behind, watch when they step on, you know, down the wrong path and head down the right path. Um, and Android did that wonderfully, right? They waited for Apple to, or you know, they Apple led the way, and you know, Android's effectively a, an iOS clone from a look and feel perspective. Um, they did a great job of picking the eyes out of that, changing a few little things subtly. Um, it's really hard to be the guy at the, at the sharp end, and so it will be interesting to see what happens.
1: Mm. Well, we've seen some good innovation, uh, you know, coming through from uh, from Android. Actually, um, we haven't given them too much attention on the, on, on this episode, but um, they, they're certainly going to get a little bit more over the next little while. Um, for instance, next week we're going to be covering off uh, Google's announcements. Now they're they're making some announcements, I think, on the same day as the Windows 8. Uh, or is it the Windows Phone launch? Uh, so that's yeah. that's coming up uh, very very shortly. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be chatting around that one uh, next week. W- what we're hearing is there's a new version of Android, I think 4.2 uh, uh, release, uh, and some new uh, some new uh, Nexus tablets. Uh, what we understand is there's likely to be a um, a 10 inch uh, screen size uh, tablet there uh, from Google, and that they're going to bump up the uh, the storage. In the uh, in the Nexus 7 as well, so um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to bring to the table with this uh, this release. If we we look at the uh, uh, Android 4.1 uh, Jelly Bean, it's it's actually um, you know it's a pretty slick operating system now, and it's Jelly. come a long way from uh, you know where it was a. a um, uh, you know, a pretty kludgy sort of operating system. It still, you know, has, has I guess, heftier system requirements uh, than the others. So, you know, we're seeing these, uh, you know, quad-core uh, processes needed to really, uh, you know, make it sort of hum along um but uh yeah it's actually starting to look pretty slick and uh the, the i mean the numbers it's uh you know it's outselling um you know apple in uh, um in a in a lot of areas not in the tablet space um at this stage but you know with these lower cost these 7 inch uh, tablets coming through at a pretty sharp price i'm sure that's part of the reason why apple have uh, have decided they need to uh they need to launch
0: something a little bit smaller uh, you know, before this uh, this burns them too much. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? When you look at what happens when you get three really big companies—Apple, Google, Microsoft—with incredibly deep pockets, incredible levels of R and D capability, um, vying for markets that are incredibly valuable. The innovation that that comes there—you know—you could argue back and forth about patents and. Patent trolling and all the other stuff, you know, just what's happening now, even with all that stuff playing in the background, the level of innovation and and product iteration that's happening is just absolutely incredible, you know, which is a really, really cool thing for for the end customer, right, which is just wonderful, you know, competition's a good thing. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. I think it was IDC um, last year um, picked that in, I think it was 2015, that the smartphone market share would be android microsoft apple which i thought was a really um you know courageous call and interesting call given that none of the market data you kind of see at the at that time back then um kind of pointed towards that and who knows how it'll actually play out but you know the 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 big analyst companies also know that you know well know that um things can change on a dime things can change in time so um, it'll be interesting to see just how those things play out, you know. And it's just wonderful to watch, stand back and look at a real sort of macro level at that incredible competition that's going on, all for us, you know.
1: Yeah, no, it's great and interesting to see the different, uh, the different techniques that, you know, the companies are using. You know, we've got Apple here uh, just, you know, making their, their announcement, you know, uh, I think, you know, three days ahead yeah. or two or three days ahead uh, of... Um, of you know, Microsoft's sort of big big announce yep. on their tablet play, uh, so uh, you know Apple are, are jumping in and um, you know it looks like they're they're working to steal a little bit of that thunder and uh, yep. and, and Google are doing something uh, similar and uh, you know I bet they uh, they they both wish that uh, you know there there was less competition rather than more but yeah, it's do. certainly uh, <laughs> it's certainly good for us and you know I don't think this uh, this innovation is going to stop uh, any any time soon you know I think we're we're in a real uh, you know era that we haven't really seen before in, in yeah. technology where we've got uh, uh, you know such a high level of competition and the, you know the price of technology keeps driving down as well so you yeah. know we're, we're ending up with uh, um, yeah lots of tempting uh, tempting things to buy and yeah. to
0: look at right I mean it, it, it is interesting it isn't incredible what happens when you export all those tech jobs from the United States to China how cheap things get not necessarily good for anyone's economy but um, but that, uh, what I think is interesting, of all the announcements coming oh, I think the Microsoft one, as I said, is this big fork in the road. The Apple one's going to be really interesting. I mean, I, I'm not sure about you, Paul, but I, I was pretty underwhelmed with the iPhone 5 announcement. I mean, I just thought the whole thing was a bit... I mean, it's a beautiful piece of hardware, but there was really nothing new about it. The Maps thing turned into a big debacle. Um, that, that was the f- first misstep I'd seen from them in a long time. Um, to go out three days, two or three days ahead of Microsoft um, with this announcement if if what they're announcing isn't doesn't involve a rabbit and a hat i think they could be in danger of getting the same response again which is kind of you know yeah a small ipad that's interesting but i'm not sure it's so interesting that you need to rush ahead of microsoft and try and rain on their parade so i'd like to think that the reason they're doing it is they've got one of those aha moments where everyone goes oh my god that's incredible i have no idea what that might be but you know it'll be interesting to see if it is if it's not I'll put in my kind of meh folder, but
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping for the same. I I think you know we've talked about this before that there's we're 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 sort of getting to a point in in the uh, in the innovation curve around some of these products, uh, and you know, phones is one of the example where um, you know I guess the the intense. Um, uh, you know, level of changes and in innovation uh, is starting to that curve is starting to smooth out a bit. Where you know, from one year to the next, the number of changes is becoming uh, a lot less, and yeah, that, I guess that makes it a lot harder to uh, to create that uh, you know to create that wow factor yeah. you know over and over and over Absolutely. again. Uh, you but you know, I think neck. the. the,
0: the,
1: the the innovation will continue, but uh, yeah, probably not at the same uh, you know at the same pace as what we've what we've seen until something really big comes and then and and stirs it up again uh, and and provides a new uh, a new opportunity. Yeah. Uh, what that will be, you know, I I don't know. We, you know, we're still seeing this sort of you know. Uh, gradual incremental changes around you know voice input and uh you know the the, the shrinking of technology um you know the, the, these things are going to are going to keep changing but yeah. uh yeah it's always fun when there's a really big change like what you talked about with the um you know with with the iOS and iPad and you know going back to Windows 95 and so on there's there's been these yep. these particular points that have uh, uh have really stirred things up yeah all right, now, um, other bits and pieces. Now, locally, we had uh, Armageddon um, on in uh, in Auckland over the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, that was an interesting one. I don't know, have you ever been to uh, been to one of these things,
0: Brett? Yeah, I've been to a couple of them, actually. I couldn't make yeah. it this year. My, my kids went, but I couldn't make it this year. And um, I love them. I just think they're the most incredible. In fact, I lie, I went to one in Hamilton earlier this year. Okay. Um, but they're great events. I mean, they're just the most incredible mishmash of... Of people and, and and you know some things I understand completely, and other things I look at them, I got no idea what the heck's going on. And yeah, I just they're amazing events.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's it's just interesting to see the way some people just get totally into it, and the the costumes and so on. People are uh, dressing up, and there was a uh, there was an area this. Uh, um this time where uh, where people could go in, and and get this uh sort of uh, makeup sort of stuff put on where you know their face made was 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 changed so it looked like they've just walked out of a horror movie or something and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the big cuts in their face and all sorts of things so um yeah a really a really, uh, really fun they're very well attended it was absolutely packed yeah. when uh, uh when I ducked in there to uh, to have a look um, there are a couple of new things being shown off um halo 4 which I guess you know the, the Halo uh, product has been has been a, a huge part of Microsoft's uh, ability to succeed with the Xbox has been around Halo, right? Uh, so uh, there were there were big queues there of people lining up to get a, a first hands on with that. Uh, i think uh new zealand's maybe first in the world to um uh to offer that around uh, uh halo 4 so uh yeah you can understand why why people were were keen with this being uh you know one of the biggest selling um, um game franchises in uh, history uh, yeah, yeah yeah uh i mean you know literally in the uh uh we're up there in the billions of dollars aren't we around uh um,
0: you know the the sales of this this uh, product. Well, there's that stat that I've seen bandied around that the game market is bigger than the movie market, and I, I don't know how they measure those things, but you know they're certainly comparable. Which is yeah, just, no, that well, I,
1: I heard that just just last week actually. Yeah. Um, that yeah the the, the and it, and it's it's hard to fathom that the actual the numbers are uh, being generated from games is yeah. actually uh, bigger than the movie industry so uh, probably something that I hope the government sort of taking heed of as they they get out there uh, and, and incentivise uh, the movie yeah. studios to come to New Zealand and, and giving them all sorts of tax breaks um, you yeah, know I, I, I hope they might uh, they might might have a little bit of a look at what the opportunities are around uh, around gaming and, and other types of software things and well, how it, how to encourage that? Because New Zealand is a uh, you know is, is a great place for this sort of you know uh, you know creativity, uh, and and we should be uh, you know probably doing uh, you know doing everything we can to uh, to support the the local gaming industry,
0: which, which is striving actually. Yeah, yeah, e- exactly. There's you know there's a number of organisations here in New Zealand that have done really. I mean, um, Sheet Interactive is the one that springs to mind immediately. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of others as well, um, and you're right. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but you know the market's that big. We should, you know, John Key should absolutely be offshore visiting whoever it might be and getting them over here to consider using us for the creative side of things or the development side of things or whatever it might be. But I mean, Halo is just a phenomenon. It's just, I think it was the reason I bought an Xbox, you know. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the reason, you know, 100 million people bought an Xbox, you know. And yeah, just, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's,
1: um, you Know probably, yeah, fairly. It would be interesting to look at how the Xbox would have done with, without it. Yeah, um, no, they, 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 well. they, they <laughs> probably would be, you know, the, the least popular, um, you know, gaming console. Uh, there's a reason w- it's not available it.
0: on any other platform, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, so that 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 was um, again, I'm sure uh, a, a bunch of you went along, um, so always interested to, uh, to hear feedback on these things. Uh, now, um MrKim.com has been in the uh, in the in the news again um, on a, on a, on a couple of fronts actually. Um, first first up, he's uh, Wired have put together a, uh, a a bit of a piece um, titled uh, "Mega Uploaders Dead, Long Live Mega." Uh, now this is all about uh, Kim.com's new online file sharing property.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that. You you flicked me the link earlier. I had a quick read of it. I mean, he's a really smart guy. Um, you know, he's as good at, at the technology stuff as he is at the PR stuff. Um, smart, smart man. And you know, the, if if you read that Wired story, basically what it comes down to is just this fundamental point of, for the government to do anything about what he about what he's you know he's about to launch, mm. they need to launch an attack on crypto, right? And and whether it's whether Joe Schmo. Joe Public, you and I should have access to, um, you know, incredibly um, secure cryptography uh, technology. Now, that's a that's a fundamental, um, you know, battle that will take years to play out. Can you imagine the, you know, how that'll how that'll go down in the United States? I mean, it's it's absolute genius on his part, right? It'll take 20 years for that to play out. I was reading an interesting article the other day about um, an app, an iPhone app that enables you to do um, make. Secure SMS um, or you know instant message, uh, text messaging, yes. and phone messaging based on um, a crypto standard. Um, and in fact, one of the guys in the business is the guy that did PGP all those years back. Mm. Um, and of course, governments hate that stuff. They don't want anybody to be communicating with anybody, uh, you know, using something that they That's just can't, encrypted that they can't they can't, can't, they get get they can't look at, right? Uh, and so I think you'll find. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all that there will be some sort of you know. Um, initiative launch to start challenging that in, in whatever way it might be, you know, and um, because governments, you know, even even the most, you know, democratic and um, westernised uh, governments out there probably would prefer that citizens don't use that type of technology, you know. Um, there's some of them that no doubt will just outright ban it. Um, but, yeah, so I think, you know, what he's, what he's going to do is kick off in quite a public fashion, I think, a very interesting... Um, you know so, so, um socially and technologically important conversation that'll take you know, a long time to play out. So, what's he actually doing? What from uh, from what I've picked up,
1: we're, we're looking at really a site that's similar to what we've seen with Mega Upload uh, in the past, which is what he's got in all sorts of trouble for. Uh, but he's he's wrapping some encryption around that, so uh, his his company won't actually be able to see what that's what exactly the files right. are that that are being uh, shared. So, uh, you know, it, it it's uh, you know the the information it really becomes a black box. There's no uh You know no visibility from a direct perspective to see whether the information that people are, are storing and sharing is is legal or or not uh, and then there's these uh these keys that will will get shared around that then open up and and make that information um uh useful by being able to one encrypt it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just—it just seems like a very, uh, a very smart approach to sort of deals with uh, with the legal issues that he's that he's had in the past. Uh, but to be able to deliver something um, um, that could be quite similar, I mean, there's going to be some extra hoops, obviously, required to jump through uh, in terms of this. Um, Encrypting and, and, and decrypting of the information, I imagine. Uh, you know, the the question is, uh, you know, has he got enough, um, uh, sh- you know, strength and marketing ability uh, to go out there and and compete with the other file sharing uh, services that exist? Um, I would I, I would I would think with the attention he's got around, uh, you know, the things over the over the uh, the last year um, that. Yeah, he he will do really well with this, and that uh, a lot of people are going to are going to jump on board and uh, and use it, and it's going to be very hard for movie studios and uh, you know the um, uh, those that, that represents the uh, musicians and artists to uh, uh, to you know to really crack
0: down on them. Yeah, look, I agree with all of that. I, I, there's a few interesting things. One is, I mean, crypto, you know, really good crypto technology has been around for a long long time. Using it's been quite hard. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that they're building their, um, their encryption algorithms in, into the browser so that you can upload your whatever it might be, photos, movie, music, whatever, to the site and, and that it's encrypted, you know, in, in a stream, you don't have to do anything. I think that's an extremely powerful feature. Um, and then, as you say, what's sitting on his servers is just a whole bunch of ones and zeros that no one knows what the heck they are unless you happen to have the key that's shared out. And you'll obviously pick and choose who you share your key with. Um, the, you know, so and by that way work out who you share those, those files with. I mean, so, you know, from a PR and marketing perspective, absolutely, he's done it. He's done a wonderful job and I'm sure that he'll have a million users overnight. In fact, I'll eat my hat if the day they launch, they don't have a million users. Of course, the conspiracy theorists could argue that here's a man that could be in a fair, fair bit of stuck with the US government. You know, what a wonderful way to dig yourself out of it. Build a service like that, build a back door into it and you go to the government and go, drop those charges, and I'll build something into the back of this thing that you guys can get in if you really have to with a subpoena. You know, I'm just being a conspiracy theorist. I'm sure that's not what he's doing. But, you know, <laughs> it, it'll be a great bargaining chip. You know, if you're going to extradite me, how about this? Ooh, you know, we could probably come to some sort of arrangement. I don't know. But no matter what he does, there'll be a zillion users on day mm, one. You know, mm. and he's he's a smart guy. And, and you know, it, what, what, he's, what he's smart with is he knows what people want. People use his service because people want to use his service. He knew what people wanted. And I think it's just. It's a great example, and you know, not getting into the whole things around piracy and copyright and all the other bits and pieces. Um, What he and other similar services have shown is there's this incredible desire for people to share music. I mean, there's a bunch of musicians out there now that are actively, you know, saying to people, please share, or we think sharing is not a bad thing. You know, I think Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, there's Neil Young, there's a bunch of them out there that are saying that this is where things are going and you just need to kind of suck it up and, and, you know, the new... the the um, the content owners need to figure a way around that. And I think that's the thing that's interesting. They can't, they're not sure how to do it. And, you know, you get guys like Kim.com that comes along and just keeps providing these services to enable people to do it anyway. You know, one day those other organisations will wake up. You know, maybe what they want to do is is actually do what he's doing, go and acquire what he's doing, go and invest in it, go and encourage it, you know, and, and work out something around the keys. Maybe that's the future. You know, it could very well be.
1: All right, well, uh, we'll we're certainly looking... At- looking uh, pretty closely at what's happening here. I think the US government will be the ones uh, looking closest at it, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, I don't think that's too too far off. Did, were there any... Uh, did you see any dates there? It's uh, certainly... We're, we're due to see this new site before the end of the year, aren't we? Yeah, I, I believe so. I've got the yeah. article here, but I can't... Yeah, yeah. Scanning
0: for a date, but I can't see one immediately. Yep. So uh, so not too far off from what we hear. Yep. Uh, I think he's already leaked screenshots and a whole bunch of other... Th- well, not mm, leaked. He mm. deliberately put them out there, but... Um, you know, so they're you know they're obviously building it and it's it's not too far from launch i suspect
1: now something else um that uh that he he's been uh, associated with for for uh mentioning uh is uh Buddybid, which is a new uh, a new way of auctioning uh, via Facebook. Now I think this is a really really cool idea. As uh, I think it's a local uh, New Zealand um, startup that's uh, that's that's come up with this. It's just come out of uh, a test phase. So you can jump to uh, buddybid.com if you want to uh, uh, want to have a look at it. Um, I almost got around to uh, getting an auction online over the weekend to uh, to try it out, but um, I, I ran out of time, so I can't uh, uh, share first-hand experience. Experience, but we'll try and do that over the next uh, next few days. But, you know, really what this is about is rather than using a site like Trade Me or, or you know, internationally eBay and the like, um, using, using Facebook as the... Um, as the mechanism to uh, to promote the goods that you're trying to sell, and uh, I guess you, you're getting that pickup because people know you and trust you, uh, and uh, so that potentially go in and uh, and and buy your stuff. Obviously, helps if you've got quite a few friends within your uh, uh,
0: within your you know your social networks and so on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the interesting things that I found in this was. Um, One of the founders is a guy by the name of ken brickley who i've um had some interactions with in the startup world he's very very active in the startup weekends and things like that so Mm. it's really cool to see him um, get something off the ground and then to get this level of visibility which i think is really fantastic um guys like kim.com um you know uh, similar to guys like sam morgan i guess probably see a million things a year that they could do something with or invest in or put some time into or effort into or wrap their arms around and provide a bit of pr for and i think the fact that kim.com has done that is is really interesting um and i think bringing together those two massive things in the online world auctions and social media it's not a bad idea in a lot of ways right you know so it'll be really interesting to see how it how it plays out you know there's always room for something new something different um, I, I don't know Ken's um, co-founder um, but I um, but I know Ken's a really really smart guy and incredibly smart in social um, media um, aspect of things so if ever there was someone that can make this fly really really well he, he's the guy so see how that see how it plays out
1: well if anyone does uh, does want to try it out for us we'd love to um, love you to send some feedback on on how it goes we you know it's always uh, uh, you know those real world experience we're, that we're interested in. So, uh, uh, so do drop us an email or uh, or you know tweet etc. Um, or hit, hit us up on Facebook uh, if you have some uh, some experiences with um, uh, with buddy bids. So, uh, I know for me I probably won't sell a you know a ten thousand dollar item uh, that way with a with a nil reserve. Um, but I am interested in, uh, in trying it out and interested in others' feedback. So, uh, uh, yeah, we'd we'd encourage you to share that. Um, now that's um, that's probably about it. That's probably all we've got time for uh, this week, Brett. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, for joining fun. us. Thank thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Now, where do we find you online?
0: You're uh, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, I'm uh, Brett Roberts on Twitter, which I thought was quite an intuitive Twitter name. Really, um, find me on LinkedIn. Always interesting connecting out with people on LinkedIn. I'm um, not hard to find there. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty easily findable. So. But Could, yeah,
1: find me on Twitter. That would be the best place to come. Excellent. To okay. Well, if, uh, we encourage you if you're on Twitter to uh, uh, jump in there and uh, actually, uh, if you if you've enjoyed hearing uh, Brett's op- opinions this evening, uh, you, I'm sure you'll enjoy some of his tweets because <laughs> uh, uh, you do tend to be fairly uh, opinionated and have yeah. some interesting uh, things to, things to share on. Have an opinion so. or two. <laughs> yep. So uh, uh, so definitely jump in there. Um, now you you can uh, track me down on 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 all the social networks as well. Uh, uh, even Google Plus that we mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm starting to uh, put beats, a few more bits and pieces up on uh, on Google Plus. Uh, but you can find those details at the nztechpodcast.com uh, site uh, on uh, on on where to follow me and uh, also where to uh, where to follow NZ Tech Podcast. And, and we're on all of those uh, uh, channels as well. So uh, hey, thanks everyone for listening, in. that's uh, that's us for another week. Uh, we've got a whole lot more coming up over the next few weeks, and we are hoping to uh, to have a uh, a live stream uh, of the Windows 8 launch uh, coming to you a video live stream. Uh, we're still working through the details and, and practicalities around that, uh, but if all goes according to plan, uh, Friday morning at 8:30 a.m. Uh, the 26th of October, uh, you will be able to catch the uh, the Windows 8 uh, launch here uh, here from uh, uh, from New Zealand. So uh, so that's it. See you later.